Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, it doesn't look as though Tom Brady will have Julio Jones or Chris Godwin for him to throw to against the Green Bay Packers. Neither player practiced on Thursday, and usually when you get to Thursday and you haven't practiced all week, that generally means you're out. Of course, we know that Julio Jones has a knee injury, Chris Godwin with the hamstring. Cole Beasley, who they picked up on the practice squad, has had two good days of practice, according to Byron Lepwich. Tom Brady said uh, he liked practicing with him, throwing to him, and uh, he could replace one of those receivers. But for right now, it looks like it will be Russell Gage, Brashard Perryman, and Scotty Miller with maybe a little Jalen Darden mixed in. But there could be room for more, so we'll have to see just how that shakes out. Aaron Rodgers has some injured receivers as well that he has to deal with, and really uh, they're they're both kind of in the same place where they're trying to get untracked here with uh, without their full complement of guys. The good news is is that Tom Brady might have a little more time to throw, and that's because Donovan Smith, their left tackle, has returned from his injury, his hyperextended elbow that he got in week one at Dallas. Smith is a guy that's a tough guy. This is going to be like one of those pain threshold deals, but wasn't able to make it last week. Hasn't missed many games in his career. In fact, uh, he's one of the more durable players on this football team and has been for years. So it looks like maybe he'll have a chance to get out there and play and they'll have to protect him a little bit inside uh, with that inside arm. But, um, you know, he, he seemed to be in good spirits, and I think he's going to be okay. Finally, Tom Brady wasn't on the injury report. But you know what? Maybe he should have been. Watching the portion of practice that was open to the media, oh, he did. Uh, after almost every throw or every other throw, he kept checking out that sore ring finger on his right hand. Remember the one that he talked about on his podcast he said it was going to bother him a little bit during this week. Well, uh, it certainly looked like it was. He was shaking and trying to shake it off, and then he kept shaking it and shaking it and shaking it with apologies to Taylor Swift. Uh, he couldn't shake it off. And so, you know, he's still able to grip the ball. He's still able to throw the ball. We didn't get to see a lot of, of the practice. Again, it was just the warm-up portion of it. Um, and then afterwards, when he did talk to the media, he said, uh, when he was asked about that, he said he's fine. And and I got reminded by plenty of those uh, Buccaneer and Patriots, uh, I guess you would call them fans um, or trolls, depending on your perspective, uh, that Tom Brady, you know, did play games and, and won games with, you know, uh, fairly fairly big laceration on that same hand at one point in his career. So we know he's a tough guy. Uh, I don't think there's any question he's going to play in this game, but it is something to watch, uh, you know, the ring finger of his right hand I, I assume he probably hit it on a helmet or some somebody's shoulder or something like that in the previous game against the New Orleans Saints. So we've got lots to talk about with the Bucks as they prepare to host the Green Bay Packers for their home opener at Raymond James Stadium on Sunday. That game, of course, is on Fox. Should be a good one.
Hey, folks, you know, it's still hot outside. That means your air conditioning's running and your electric bill is going through the roof. We have a solution for you. It's called May Electric Solar. It's a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years now in a field with many of these fly-by-night companies. May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and service warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the May difference. Now, if you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, and this is important, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of uh, your life and also of the life of your appliances through every storm season. May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, let's dive into this game a little bit, um, Steve. And, and listen, here's the thing about injuries in general, and I know we've talked about them a little bit um, already, but the way it works with Todd Bowles in particular is like everybody is game time. You know what I mean? Like if they don't say you're out on Friday afternoon, then you're, you're, you're possibly going to play. And, and yet realistically we know that that's not the case. All right. But regardless, this game last week in new Orleans, while it was a momentous victory for them because they had lost so many in a row in the regular season, and it was a low-scoring affair, and it came from behind, down 3 nothing, what have you. Defensive led, for sure. Was very, very costly. Very costly. And we won't know how costly until they play the Green Bay Packers. But I would not want to face the Green Bay Packers without my number one receiver. Just wouldn't want to do it. And, you know, for all that, you know, we, I think Mike Evans doesn't get the run nationally that he deserves. He's an absolute stud, right? I mean, eight 1,000-yard seasons to start his career, an NFL record, probably get to nine, although this game won't help him. Um, If he's not on the field, the job's a lot easier for the defense because they double Mike Evans almost exclusively. And when they don't, the ball ends up in the the end zone. I mean, we saw that in Dallas, right? He gets the one-on-one, here comes the fade, signature play, it's money. And... You know, Mike can make the combat catches on third down. He can run any route. He's a lot faster than people think he is once he gets up to speed. He's just a, tr- a, a, a trendsetter. He, he's a leader on that football team um, in that receiving room. They look up to Mike Evans. Now, that's not to say that if somehow Julio Jones makes it out there, right, or Chris Godwin, which I don't expect, then, you know, you, you have other dudes, you know, as, as Matt Baker likes to say. But, but primarily, like if you were going into this game, you would say Tom Brady most likely, most likely, will have his number one receiver, his R, you know, WR1, is probably going to be uh, Russell Gage. Okay? Russell Gage, who's very competent, very capable, caught 50 balls the last eight games in Atlanta. You know what Russell Gage hasn't done? Hasn't played much with Tom Brady. Didn't play with him in the preseason. Uh, was out a lot with a hamstring injury. He's questionable for this game as well, as is almost every single receiver. I mean, look at the receivers that are, you know, in addition to Godwin, in addition to Jones. You also have Gage, who's questionable. Brashard Perryman's questionable. Scotty Miller is questionable. I mean, it, it, it's basically 
everyone but Jalen Darden, essentially. And, you know, we'll see if Cole Beasley gets a helmet, right? So you're going into the game going, okay, so we might have Russell Gage. That's that's a reasonable expectation, even though he's questionable. Perriman, mm, I think so. I think so. Don't know about Scotty Miller. Maybe, maybe. And, you know, we got Kalen Geiger if we want to use him. He did some nice things in the preseason. I mean, are you kidding me? Th- these are your receivers. And, and the funny thing is, is that it's the Packers that have been sort of, you know, hamstrung by the loss of all their receivers. And so Aaron Rodgers is looking at Alan Lazard, who's questionable. Uh, Sammy Watkins is on that team. Randall Cobb, who's old. Christian Watson, the kid from here. Uh, who dropped a touchdown pass in the first game. He's also questionable. But you're worried about Aaron Rodgers' receivers. I got news for you. Tom Brady ain't got any either. These guys could have a, a summit and go, hey, man, how bad are your receivers? How bad are my receivers? Now, Brady and Rodgers can make this work. And I think that I think that the Packers are going to get better as the season goes on because I think I think they'll, you know, some of those young guys will start to gain confidence and you know, they'll learn Aaron Rodgers is going to absolutely throw them open. Um, but if you're telling me that Tom Brady is going to go in and beat the Packers with this group of guys, now he's done it before. And, and that's what I would just say is like, remember the Buffalo game and who wins that in the walk off? Um, you know, and it was Brashard Perryman on, on the game winning touchdown. He goes to the jets and you've got, you know, crazy stuff going all around you. Antonio Brown ripping off his uniform. Now Mike Evans played in that game. But who wins that game but Cyril Grayson, who's now you know, not in the NFL. He was injured, got an injury settlement. So he, he can make it. These guys are so good, they can make it happen even without their best. But it's going to affect the game. And I know the game plan is going to be to run the football. And, and for that matter, Aaron Rodgers wants to run the football too because he's got two really good running backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Those guys can also catch the ball, so they're, they're multidimensional, right? They, they, can, they can move the football all the way down the field and score with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And, that, and that's pretty much why I think Leonard Fournette, who was a sore guy after that game on Sunday last week, and you can imagine why, as many hits as he took, that's why he's going to be the star of the game again. Like, they are going to ride Leonard Fournette as far as he can take them. And at some point, Rashad uh, White has to help. You know, they have to have another running back. I mean, we're going to see Keyshawn Vaughn this week for the first time. Keyshawn Vaughn has made plays in this league. He had to start and played really well in the, against the Eagles in that playoff game. They need somebody else to step up. Otherwise, it's going to – and I think they're going to play a lot of these games. I think, you know – 20, 24 points, 21 points. I mean, I don't know. Steve, they're not, they're not going to score a lot of points. This is not – it's going to be the defenses that win this game. Well, unless your defenses are scoring points, which that, well, that's what the I mean. Buccaneers that, can. They, they, they tied them last week. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's we're week three, early in the NFL season, and, and you looked at this matchup months ago. Rodgers, Brady. Devontae Adams, Mike Evans. Uh, I mean, you just you looked at the matchup and you were salivating over it. It was going to be spectacular. And and you still have Brady, you still have Rodgers, but the receiving core, we have no idea what either side's going to look like. No. And it's bizarre. Yeah. And it's it's uh, both teams are talking about we need to run the ball. When you've got Brady and Rodgers as your quarterback. <laughs> right. Turn it off and hand it off, right? <laughs> 
And they're old as hell. You know, that's the other thing. It's like neither neither you don't want either guy really getting hit. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a great great question on Good Morning Football, um, one of my favorite shows, and it was, who retires first? (laughs) Is it right? Because really, this you know, when you're down this far in their careers, is this the last time these two guys are together on a football field? This will be the fifth time that they meet, and Brady is three and one against Aaron Rodgers. Who hasn't beaten them since, I don't know, so many years ago. I can't remember. But so Brady's 3-1 and one against them. And unless they meet in the postseason, this could be it for two of the great. Now, I don't think they're going to retire the same year because that would mean they're both going in the Hall of Fame the same year. And neither one of those guys have an ego that would allow the other one to go in on the same class. <laughs> but... um. So I think Rodgers probably plays beyond this season. I'm not sure about, but I guess you would say that Brady is most likely to retire at this point because he's done it once. Um, so, and, and yet, like you got to step, take a step back and go. This is like, this is this is historic, right? These are two of the greatest of all time that are playing each other at an age where both of them are well past where you would expect them to be this good, and. You know, Aaron Rodgers came out and said, look, I'm not playing to him 45. I can tell you that right now. There's no way. There's no way I'm going to do that. Um, but there they are, you know, and they have no one to throw to. <laughs> um, but they'll throw it. To, I'm not going to throw it, but they, I don't know how much they're going to throw it. I imagine Rodgers will probably zing it more than Brady will. Well, they'll throw it. They'll hit the receivers in the hands, whether the receivers can catch <laughs> right. it. We'll what happens out. after that? Who's to say, right? Absolutely. And we saw that happen last week. That's that's a big story. The drops have been a big story. And we talked to Todd Bowles about that, and, and he was like, well, you just got to concentrate, you know. And, and he also thinks, and I think this is true too, you see these things early in the year, right? You see missed tackles. You see uh, bad special teams play. Like you'll see returns early in the year. You see, um, you know, drop balls. And the reason is, Guys haven't played a full football game. I don't, you know, it's hard to, whether it's whether it's youth league, whether it's high school, but particularly in the NFL, the amount of energy it takes to play a three-hour game in the NFL is unlike anything you can prepare for. You have to go through it. And in these days, more so than ever, these guys aren't playing sometimes at all in the preseason. And then they go from that to playing a three-hour game. Buddy, they are gassed, and, and you get you know worn down, and, and there are sloppiness and mistakes and guys not finishing plays and concentration problems because they're just trying to survive out there. And I think that you know it takes probably about what Todd Bowles says. He goes like, this is week three of the preseason for us. And if you think about it, that's the way it used to be. You know, that third week you would play a full game, and they've, they've played two full games now, and some guys have been in and out, but I, I just think that, you know, these, these drops and things like that, the concentration, the getting hit, getting used to getting hit after catching the football, all of that kind of comes back in time, but it doesn't come back right away. And I think that's why you're starting to see a lot of these kind of mistakes pop up early on. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's my final thought on this game. If the Bucks win this game to go 3-0, and they're the best team in the NFC, in my opinion, and it won't be close. And it'll be because their defense is what I think it is, which is elite. And we have seen the Tampa Bay Bucks with a lesser quarterback than 45-year-old Tom Brady and an elite defense go to a Super Bowl. So if they can maintain their health with relative, you know, to what they have right now, they've lost Akeem Hicks for about a month. But if they can maintain that and they can beat the Green Bay Packers at home, we, we talked about this when the season began. We saw the schedule and we said, wait a minute, at Dallas, at New Orleans, home against Green Bay and home against the Chiefs. I thought 2-2 two and two would be a great start for them. If they go to 3-0 and with a chance to get the Chiefs at home next week to go 4-0 and in September, this is, this is a special team. And, and it's special because they're going to get better on offense. The guys are going to get healthy. Mike Evans is going to come back. Chris Godwin is going to come back. And with a full array of, of the offense and the offensive line each week now, remember this, each week that offensive line is going to gel and get a little bit better. And, and they, they're going to need some help because I don't know if Donovan Smith's going to play and, you know, you're, you're going to have to have some, some outstanding play by some guys. But at the end of the day, if they go to 3-0 and after this game, they are the top team in the NFC, in my opinion. I think they're better than Philadelphia. Um, you know, there's other teams out there with good records. But I, I think this would cement them, in my mind, as, as the best team in the NFC. All right, we got some mailbag questions uh, before we get out of here. Let's, let's hit those real quick. All right, Craig had uh, tweeted us earlier in the week. He said, how much did poor officiating Sunday contribute to the blow-up? Two personal foul calls easily hurt the Bucks, which should not have been called. They missed an easy hands to the face when Wells lost his helmet, and then the awful pass interference. Your thoughts? Well, I thought it was on both sides. And, I mean, I, you know, I saw Demario Davis get flagged for, you know, coming down on a guy with his shoulder pads or whatever. Um, the penalty on Levante was somewhat ridiculous. I, I thought that crew was poor, you know. I really did. And I think you contribute to the frustration of players when you don't call a clean game. And and as long as you're consistent, right? I mean, that's the thing. But I I don't understand like there must be a point of emphasis as far as unnecessary roughness goes. I know there is in terms of uh, you know, defensive holding. They want the defensive backs to get their hands off of guys uh quicker because you know, they're only but they allowed these guys to hand fight quite a bit. And so you really didn't know when the pass interference was coming or not coming. And I thought, I thought they let too much go. And sometimes when you let too much go at times, this is what it results in. So, yeah, bad officiating can lead to this sort of extracurricular stuff. And guys are frustrated. If you look at the scoreboard, you're not used to seeing an NFL game three to nothing, you know, at halftime. I mean, that sort of thing just doesn't, doesn't normally occur. And so... Uh, we saw the non-pass interference penalty is what sparked really the whole chain of events from, you know, whether it was Arians yelling on the sidelines to Brady running downfield and protesting, 
you know, I mean, all that sort of sparked from, I thought, what was a bad non-call. Now, they hadn't been calling it all day, so maybe we shouldn't be surprised, but the frustration of not scoring, um, you know, Brady not controlling his emotions, I thought probably had more to do with it than the officiating. You know, I mean, you, you know, reacting certain ways to bad calls doesn't necessarily inspire your team, and it only usually results in penalties. So, you know, I think they have to have a little more poise than that on the sideline, certainly on the field and at quarterback. But it doesn't help when, you know, Hockley's crew is kind of screwing up and everybody knows it. At least you can say they didn't, it wasn't a homer job. They didn't, you know, lean towards the home team or the away team. I thought they all got, you know, bad calls against them. So it, it will contribute to the extra. It will absolutely. If, you, if, if the officials call a bad game and they don't control the reaction to those calls, then this is what it results in. All right, Tampa Bay 98ers tweeted us. says, so now OBJ to go with Julio, Beasley, Rudolph, starting with Gio and Sherman last season. The Bucks are becoming the last stop station for Twilight players, as Sap famously noted in a different context, albeit. Are the Bucks now officially the antithesis of the Rays? Yeah, kind of. I mean, if you look at it that way, I mean, you know, the Rays have mixed in veterans at times, and, and they'll continue to do so. But listen, um, and we've and from the beginning, right, from the day he stepped into the door, signed his name on the contract, Tom Brady is about today. And I mean this afternoon. I don't mean, you know, tomorrow. The next, like, it's about winning right now. It's about getting a first down. It's about practice this afternoon. You know, they're trying to maximize every single breath that Tom Brady takes as a Buccaneer. And the only way to do that is, in his opinion, Brady's and I guess Jason Light's, is to not really waste time or focus on guys that haven't played a lot of ball. You know what I mean? Like, And listen, the guys they're bringing in here are supremely talented players. They're just old. You know, and some of them can still do it, and some of them can do it if they could get out of their own way with injuries. And and that's what happens with old players. And I think that's why we're in the position we're in today when we write about the Bucks. What we're writing about is how many guys are not playing rather than the guys that are playing. And the guys that are playing are the younger guys. And it's a young man's sport. It always will be. But when your quarterback is 45 years old, it's a trust factor. I mean, look, Cole Beasley is hitting up Tom Brady – on Instagram, and he's not getting a response until Tom Brady loses a bunch of receivers, and now all of a sudden Brady's reaching back to him. And, you know, that's kind of the, the NFL, you know, in 2022 for the Bucks is that if, if you are blessed by Brady, if you are a player who has a resume and you can still, you know, run an option route for one game or maybe one first down, he wants you. You know, he wants you to help him win that day. And and so, you know, they're not about developing right now. They're not about anything but today. And today is full of experienced veteran players that Tom Brady trusts. And and I don't know, you know, when this catches up to them. I mean, salary cap, they've certainly kicked a lot of cans down the road. They still have a good young core of players. They've managed to draft well, I think, the last few years. But for now, it, it, yeah, OBJ, absolutely. In fact, why the hell not, right? Because 
whether they're healthy today or tomorrow, even if Julio Jones comes back and Chris Godwin comes back, are we? do we really think that these guys, some of these guys at their age, are going to make it through week 18, week 19, week 20 if they get in the postseason? I mean, you're going to need all hands on deck. And if you don't get Odell Beckham Jr., he's going to go to the Rams and beat you, right? Or the Packers or someplace else or New Orleans where he's from, you know, playing at, having played at LSU. So do you want to compete against them? I thought the re- one of the primary reasons, I believe, that the Bucks lost last year is, and they had the opportunity to do it, is that, you know, they could have added to their team late in the year with Vaughn Miller. Now, Vaughn Miller cost the Rams a second and fourth round pick. That's a lot, a lot of currency for a guy that you're going to have for about six games. Would they do it again? They got a trophy, man. And he was a major factor. And if you don't think so, go back and watch the Bucks game where he hits Tom Brady nine times and, and sacks him. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, maybe they are Super Bowl champions last year. And what did the Rams do? They got Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. Now, Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt in the Super Bowl. He was a big factor down the stretch for them. He made a ton of plays. So, it, you know, you either you either get them or you're going to be playing against them. And I, I, I think that's why that hug in New Orleans was significant because it was a longer embrace with some promises whispered in each other's ears. And I would be surprised if we don't see Odell Beckham Jr. And if we don't, it may wind up, if he doesn't go to the AFC and there's talk about him possibly doing that, but if he doesn't, you you know, you, that might be the move that you didn't make that you regret like you did with Von Miller. All right, Tyler tweeted us. He says, Tom Brady has always worked the middle of the field. With Gronk out and Chris Godwin being hurt, do you think that this team will continue to struggle in the red zone as it seems like they have little to no in-between-the-numbers offense right now? Yeah, I, you know, I think they got to get down there more. Um, I'd like to see him throw it in there a few more times when they do get close. I don't think they've done that enough. And but the tight ends have caught two balls in two games. I don't know why. I mean, I kind of know why, and that is they have better options at receiver, or so they think. You know, and also their offensive line is vulnerable, so some of those guys are staying in, you know, to help help protect Tom Brady as opposed to going out on, you know, on pass routes and things like that. Um, Kate Otten was uh, excused on Wednesday. It wasn't an injury, but. He's gotten the, the lion's share of the work. We've seen Coach Keith come in and play fullback or H-back at times. He dropped the ball the other day. They just haven't gotten any production in the passing game from the tight end, and when can you say that um, over the last two years? I mean, he, look, Tom not only misses Gronk from a football standpoint, where he really misses him is to balance him. I mean, Gronk never had a bad day. You know, whether he was beat up, broken ribs, uh, you know, whatever, he is a unique individual, and he could get Brady and everybody really loosened up every single day. And, you know, he was exactly who you see on TV, that happy-go-lucky guy, tremendous football player, really smart football player, great synergy with Tom. Brady could count on him every time he was in trouble. And he would make plays, and he doesn't have that. But more than that, he doesn't have Gronky's optimism and his 
you know, just, you know, just his personality to help sort of balance the, you know, very serious Tom Brady. And you can see the stress on Brady's face. You can see it every day at practice. You saw it in the game with his emotions uh, not checked. And I think he misses Gronk really bad. And I think, you know, if if they're lucky, Gronk will have a change of heart sometime by the end of the season and decide to play in the last month or go in the playoffs or something. Um, but that tight end position so far, it, it's really just a help position. It's, it's nothing that's being very productive in the passing game. They're running the football. And those guys, in as much as Otten and those guys can block, Co'Keefe, they've, they've creased some people, so they've helped Leonard Fournette. And that's a big part of their offense this year, more so than the receiving game. But we haven't seen Cam Brate do anything. We haven't seen any of those guys do anything. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to give them something. You know, you gotta you 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 gotta have to mix the targets up a little bit. And the same is true with the running backs. Probably need to do more in the receiving game too. Rashad White has to grow up. You know, he's he's going into his third game. He's dropped passes. Um, we haven't seen him run the ball very effectively. At some point, Leonard Fournette's gonna wear down. I mean, he's gonna be done. And they're going to have to have another running back to come in there and, and give him some spark. So it's all hands on deck. But, yeah, the tight end position, man, uh, not very good so far. That's what I would say. Greg tweeted us. He says, the Bucks seem to want to transition to life without Tom Brady by playing dominant defense, a commitment to running the ball and good special teams. Do you think this formula can win a Super Bowl in an, area where, in an era where football rules favor the offense? I do. I do because I think the pendulum swings. I think what happens when you have these great offenses is is that you got to find a way to counter that. And I think the you know I think Todd Bowles, one of the best defensive coordinators during the time that he's coached, in uh, the Bucks I think have built a a group of players that that can begin to slow some of those high powered offenses. But they need help. And really, the difference was, and I, I think this goes overlooked. One of the reasons the defense is playing so well is the style of football the offense is playing. If you're going to win with defense, okay, you know what that means? You better run the football. I'm sorry, but you got to run the football. As great as your defense may be, okay, those guys are going to wear down if they're playing 70 plays a game. They just are. And nowadays, teams want to go tempo. They want to see how many possessions they can have. That's what the game is about the analytics and all of that, right? So if you want to keep your defense elite and effective, and we've seen it win before, um, you know, it's been a number of years now, but how did Peyton Manning win his last Super Bowl? Wasn't with a great offense. He certainly wasn't a big part of it. it was, they let that defense play, and they ran the football, and Manning made enough plays on third down and in the red zone you know, to win games. And that's sort of the formula the Bucks are going to follow. Um, you have an aging quarterback that's not going to take a lot of hits, and you have an elite defense, but you've got to protect them too. And that's why they're running the ball. And I do think they can win it. I do. Because, you know, you're going to have to – how do you beat the Rams? You know, how are you going to beat the Green Bay Packers? This will be a big test for them, you know, even though they don't have the weapons on offense. But can that defense take over the game? If you remember when Green Bay came down here, what, a couple of years ago, uh, Aaron Rodgers had a 10 to nothing lead on him like that, like by the time you snapped your fingers. Well, how did it all turn? Well, it turned when Jamal Dean had a pick six. And then, then it, it caved in on the Green Bay Packers. So that's what they need. That's what it's going to take. And I think it's a defensive-led team. 
it will always the, the 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 headlines will always be about the offense when Tom Brady is the quarterback. Always. But Tom Brady has won lots of Super Bowls because his defense was good in New England. And he's he knows how to get that done. He knows how to not make the mistakes. What happened last week? New Orleans was playing great defense. They weren't allowing any points at all. And then Jameis Winston got impatient. He got impatient. He thought I can make one big throw here, and they, they targeted Chris Olave 13 times. If I can make one throw here, we can win this game with one touchdown. And you know what? He tried it, and it, he got picked off. And that changed the entire game. The mistake started coming, and the Bucks defense took that game over. They gave him field position. Hell, they scored a touchdown. And so, you know, with Brady, he's not going to do that. Brady's not going to get impatient. Brady's going to, you know sit back there and take what the defense gives him. But he's also, you know, by not turning it over, um, you're protecting your defense with long fields and stuff like that. It's going to be really hard to drive the ball 80 yards against this defense. I don't think many teams have done it. They've come out the last two games, and they have to stop this, right? They've come out and allowed long drives to start each of the last two games. They won the coin toss, deferred, and then here they come marching all the way down the field. They stopped them and held them to field goals. But you need a quicker start than that to get field position and not trail on the scoreboard. But aside from that, they've given up nothing. Nothing. And I think they're going to play a lot of close games. I think they're going to be a lot of low-scoring games. And I think they're comfortable with Tom Brady winning it in the fourth quarter. And that's going to be the formula. And, yes, you can win a Super Bowl that way. Absolutely. All right, James had emailed you a question. You can do that at rstroud at tampabay.com. He says, what are the chances that the Bucks bring back Gerald McCoy on a one-year team-friendly deal and retire as a Buccaneer? Well, it won't – I mean, he's not going to play again, I don't believe. I don't know that Gerald has any desire to do that, from what I understand. Um, you know, physically, he's gone through a lot of things, tried to play in Dallas and, and got hurt. I'd like to see him sign a one-day contract and retire as a Buck. I, I think that would be a nice gesture. He's going to go in the ring of honor, in my opinion. There's no reason that wouldn't happen. It's unfortunate, you know, the only guy that's still playing sort of like from – that era, if you will, is Levante David. Levante got to experience the Super Bowl, um, and that was great. And Gerald McCoy was really happy for him. But it's also too bad that McCoy's McCoy's career, which will never be celebrated the way it probably should be, um, you know, was a, around a bunch of teams that had two winning seasons, including his rookie year when he didn't play much. So really, one winning season for the years that he played here. And he was a damn good player, and I'll put on the tape if no one believes it, but he was. And he didn't have much around him at all from the time he was a rookie going forward. And some really bad defenses that are offenses that put his defense in bad positions with all the turnovers. Five of those years with Jameis Winston did not help them. And, you know, I think G-Mac is done. He's living in Dallas. We saw him at, at the uh, at the opener down there at AT&T Stadium. He looked great. And... um yeah, he's absolutely through playing football, I believe, and but I would love to see him sign a one day contract and I and I look forward to when he goes in the Ring of Honor. Probably should have been this year or next year, but they're putting Bruce Arians in. So whatever. But um hopefully sooner than later. Thanks for the mailback questions. You can send those to us anytime online. Of course, we're on Twitter at SportsDayTV. Reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Email address is R Stroud at tampabay.com. Busy week in sports. I'm happy to have a home Saturday because a lot of college football, Florida, Tennessee, that'll be a good one. 
game day there in Knoxville. So yeah. Gators going to be featured there. USF is at Louisville. They need to follow up that performance at Florida last weekend. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, so busy Florida uh, weekend. Lightning are practicing. First preseason game Tuesday. I saw that. You know, the first day they were lamenting the loss of one player that they really, really wish they had. Well, I mean, that, that that defensive core is completely different without Ryan McDonough back there. It really is. And it's, you know, now it's time for Mikhail Sergachev to step up into that role. You need to see development from Cal Foote. You got the new defenseman like Philip Myers. Um, you're going to need to see these guys all grow and, and do more. I mean, Eric Chernak got a big contract now. He needs to step yeah. up and continue to improve. And, you know, on the offensive side, you got to replace Andre Palat, too. You know, right. does, does Nick Paul or Brendan Hagel slot in there or – you know, is it a young guy that, you know, Julian Breezeball talked about, you know, asked about what they expect from camp, and he wants to see guys force their way onto this team. He says, yeah. you know, you don't want to see guys win a win a, a position battle by default. You want young right. guys to force their way in, like Braden Point did many years ago. That's right. He came to camp. They had no intent. They thought he was going to go back to juniors, and he, he dominated in camp, and they couldn't keep him off the roster. That's what you hope some of these young players that the Lightning have can do. I mean, we know Zach Bogosian and Anthony Sorelli are going to miss the first month or two of the season. So there's opportunities for young guys and new guys to, to make marks in this training camp. So, uh, But that, the practice started on Thursday. was the first workout. So uh, yeah. preseason starts Tuesday. And then, of course, the Rays continue their series against the Blue Jays this weekend, a huge series. Yeah. yeah. They, need to start, they need to start winning some games. I'll tell you what, it, it could get nervous down the stretch here. Um, they still have a little bit of a cushion for the last wild card, but that could evaporate too if you don't get going. These guys play better baseball, and you know credit. I mean, what the Astros did coming in here—they're just a good team. I mean, they win a hundred games, and you know they won the division this early. You're you're a pretty good team, and and they'll be lucky to see them down the road somewhere. But yeah, the Rays the Rays definitely got to get going, and they got to keep it going against against Toronto team that uh, you know has postseason aspirations of their own so that's an important series we've got a lot of road games coming up soon as well so we'll recap all of that um on monday as well as the bucks and the green bay packers thanks for listening for steve verstick i'm Stroud of the tampa times have a great weekend everybody Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.